Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us this morning as we discuss God's Word. But before we dive into it, let's take a moment and pray. God, we just thank you for your mercy, Lord, and for your grace that covers each and every one of us, Lord, and your abundant forgiveness, Lord, that you pour out on us, Lord, that we have on behalf of your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, through his blood that we have the remission of sins, God. So we just thank you for who you are, Lord, and for bringing us into your kingdom and into your family, Lord. We ask that you'll send the Holy Spirit to minister to those listening to this podcast, Lord, partaking in it, Lord, and that you would have your way in this devotional, Lord, that you would speak to each and every person's heart, Lord, minister to their needs. And we just thank you because we already know that it's done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good morning and welcome, everybody. We're excited and happy to have you with us. We are joyful to have you with us. Not happy. Joyful that you're with us and that we're going to continue to study the Word and in particular the Lord's house this morning. Uh, Before we begin, though, we'd like to ask you if you have been blessed and ministered and if you are blessed and ministered by this as well as our previous messages and podcasts that you would like, subscribe, and share it because... We want not just you, but literally the entire globe is what the Lord's put in our heart to be ministered to and to grow and learn about our God and not just about him, but actually know him as the point and purpose of this, this podcast and this ministry. So with that being said, we're continuing our study on the Lord's house and we are moving forward to Exodus chapter 27 where we're going to begin to discuss the altar, the bronze altar of burnt offering. So could I get a volunteer to read the first eight verses, please? I will. All right. You shall make an altar of acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits wide. The altar shall be square and its height shall be three cubits. You shall make its horns on its four corners Its horns shall be of one piece with it, and you shall overlay it with bronze. Also, you shall make its pans to receive its ashes, and its shovels, and its basins, and its forks, and its firepans. You shall make all of its utensils of bronze. You shall make a grate for it, a network of bronze. And on the network, you shall make four bronze rings at its four corners. You You shall put it under the rim of the altar beneath, that the network may be midway up the altar. And you shall make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with bronze. The poles shall be put in the rings, and the poles shall be on the two sides of the altar to bear it. You shall make it hollow with boards, as it was shown you on the mountain, so shall they make it. Mm-hmm. Amen. So there's, there's a lot in here. Um, in the altar. Just a few things I'd like to point out, right? Because as we've stated many times in this study of the Lord's house, our God is a God of details. Every detail has meaning and significance 
And many times there are multiple messages in it for us. And in addition to that, it all points to Christ. And since Christ is the pattern and example for our life, it also points to and gives us guidance and instruction for how we are to live out our lives in him. Amen? Amen. So the very first thing, again, what do we see that it's made of? Bronze. Bronze. Wait. Acacia wood. It's made of acacia wood. Right? Okay. So it's made of acacia wood, which is a very strong, sturdy, durable wood. Yes? Yes. Yes. And then what is the size of it? Five by five by three. Five cubits high, long and wide, and three cubits high, right? Yes. What does the number five mean? Um, grace. grace. Mercy. Grace, yes. So, surrounded by grace, and three represents? The Godhead. The Godhead, so Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, grace surrounding the sacrifice, and the height was three cubits, all the way up to the Godhead, Right? Yes. Um, and that's in the very first verse. Then it begins to discuss a very important thing in Scripture. Uh, or what it represents, I should say. The horns. Right? Yes. yes. What, can, wh- what can you tell me about the horns? I'll ask that question first before I, I go into any detail. Dad, like you just mean like on the altar or like horns in general in children of Israel? Well, we're talking about the horns on the altar, but how, what are the, what is the significance of the horns as it pertains to the children of Israel? Uh, The only thing that the horns made me think of was with the scapegoat. How they grabbed it by the horns, I believe. Okay. Okay. Then there was the, what was it? Horns sometimes also refer to strength. Mm-hmm. Okay. They do. What I want to point out, and this is something else you'll see. We've seen this in uh, so the number. There are four of them, right? Yes. Now, this is important. And I want you to get this. Four horns in Scripture. There are also four colors, right, for the veil. So we see yes. this this pattern of four multiple times, right? Yes. Um in the color in the colors, we'll start with the veil first, right? We're gonna kinda yes. sidebar a little bit, but you'll see where we're going here in a second. What were the colors of the curtains and the uh, the linen curtains and the inner and outer um veils? Blue um there was blue, mm-hmm. red Yep. White and purple. Do you remember what those colors stood for? Red, I believe, was the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Discussing blue. his humanity, but also the shedding of his blood, right? Yes. Okay. As as our, our Savior, right? Yes. What did, what did the blue stand for? Priesthood. Refer yes. Refer to that he was high priest. The royal priesthood, yes. What about the purple? Royalty, that was... His kingship, his lordship, right? And what about the white? Holiness. Okay. Now, 
What was the altar used for? To make burnt offerings to um, cover the sins of the people. Okay. Not for the people to come bring burnt offerings to cover their sins. To sacrifice for the Lord, right? Yes. Okay. So you can look at this in four different ways. One, for this is the horns of the altar, right? Yes. Um, and I'm going to give you a couple scriptures to look up. Um, with Charles, can you read, or can you look up Romans 3.25? Promise, can you look up 1 Kings 1, I believe that's 20. Uh, I'm there, Dan. We'll start, you know, 1 Kings 1, uh, and then uh, get to verse 20. And then, Layla, can you get to Amos 3? Verse 14. No problem. Um, so, I'll, I'm going to say say this, and then we're going to start going through this, right? Horns on the altar. You're looking at forgiveness. Along with that, forgive, uh, deliverance from sin. The death of the old man. And worship. Right? Yes. Um. Let Charles, can you read your scripture first, please? Romans 3.25 Whom God set forth as a preparation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Hmm. Okay. Let's see. Layla, would you mind reading your section of scripture, please? It's Amos 3.14? Yes. Okay. That in the day I punish Israel for their transgressions, I will also visit destruction on the altars of Bethel, and the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall to the ground. Hmm. Um, one other, I cannot, I know I gave a uh, promise of scripture, but I, first Kings one twenty is what you, right. That's, I'm trying to read my, my writing here to make sure that is the correct scripture. Well, let me interject just one thing as we're considering this, please brother, go back over to my favorite friend, the interlinear Bible <laughs> and look back in the original. So just, um, um, the, um, word used for horn is uh, uh, karen, um, and it's horn, and um, its origin has lots of different origin. Um, it comes from karan, um, which is a horn. It can uh, represent a flask. Uh, it can represent an elephant's tooth. Uh, the corner, specifically of an altar, it can represent a peak of a mountain. It can represent a ray of light. And then here, where I thought was more, most important, figuratively, it represents power. Okay. Yep. Though those are also accurate. Well, especially when you just well, I thought that was important referencing what um Layla just read with um the horns mm -hmm. would be cut off, the power would be lost. Right. That's yes. what that that's how that would translate there anyway. Absolutely. Um <clears throat> Promise. It was not twenty, it was verse fifty 
And can you read First uh, Kings 1, verses 50 through 53, please? Yes. Now Abijah was afraid of Solomon, so he arose and went, took hold, of the, took hold of the horns of the altar, and it was told Solomon, saying, Indeed, Abijah is afraid of King Solomon, for look, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. Then Solomon said, If he proves himself a worthy man, not one, one, not one hair of him shall fall to the earth, but if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent them to bring him down from the altar, and he came and fell before, the, before King Solomon, and Solomon said to him, Go to your house. Hmm. So we see also the importance and significance of the horns of the altar there? Yes. Okay, and that's also, we covered this in a earlier podcast about uh, talking about the priesthood and the um, and heights of certain things. Um, the boards. Um, I believe it was the boards. Where I was talking about um, the height. There was 48. There were 48 sanctuary cities given to the the children of Israel, right? Yes. yes. So, uh, sorry, 48 Four. cities given to the priesthood. Yes. Of those, six were sanctuary cities, right? Yes. yes. So, just, and if someone had committed an offense, they could run to one of these sanctuary cities and grab the horns, right, and be saved. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So, um, the next section, the point that we were bringing up was on deliverance from sin. So can I have a volunteer to look up 2 Corinthians 5.21? And then, Layla, since you're already in Amos, can you read uh, Amos 3, verse 12? Yes. I'm there. All right, sir. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Hmm. Okay. Layla? Amos 3.12 Thus says the Lord, As a shepherd takes from the mouth of a lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out who dwell in Samaria, in the corner of a bed and on the edge of a couch. That verse 12? Yes. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Maybe I was supposed to be 14 again. Excuse me. Forgive me for that because, um, yeah, forgive me for that. But, um, so we see about the deliverance or sin, right? And then there, Christ presented himself as the altar, or as the offering, excuse me, yes. on the altar. Um, can I get a volunteer to read Romans 6 6? Which is the next thing, the referring to the death of the old man. I will. All right, promise. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we would no longer be slaves of sin. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
Because there was that sacrifice, right? Yes. Now that sacrifice being Christ. And then the last part is about worship. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Can I get a volunteer to read that? I will. All right, sir. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hmm. So we are to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, right? Yes. Okay. But all of these things, forgiveness, the offering, the death of the old man, and then us presenting ourselves to worship, right? How, remember how we said everything in here is pointing to Christ, and Christ is our pattern example for how we are to live, right? Yes. It can yes. only be done because of, and this is important to note, right? Going back to the four different colors that represent Christ, right? Uh, the last one, white being his righteousness, right? Yes. That perfect, yes. blameless sacrifice for us, for our sins. So Christ is in everything. Because of those things, right? We we meet him as priest, as king, as, uh, I'll say, the the Savior, and as the righteousness, right? Yes. yes. He was that blameless and spotless sacrifice for us, so we can be redeemed, and now we can move forward in him by presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice, which some versions will say is your reasonable service of worship. Everybody get that? Yes. It, it matters. It's significant. All right. Also, what, is, what was this altar made of? Bronze. Uh, covered in bronze, yes, sir. Acacia Which denotes wood? it was made of acacia wood and covered in bronze. The bronze denotes what? I believe human humanity. nature. Hum humanity or human nature, as opposed to gold, which is the divine nature, right? Yes. So, and there is also sacrificing and giving up our human nature, right? Yes. yes. Submitting ourselves, hum humbling ourselves, and submitting ourselves. To the will of God. Does that make sense? Yes. And in there, of course, is the burning up of the flesh. The Lord made a grate so all those ashes can fall to the ground. Right? Yes. yes. Um, but then again, this thing had to be moved, just like everything else. It wasn't just stationary, and then they just built a new one every place they went. It also had to move. Isn't that the same way in our own lives? Everywhere yes. we go, we're still presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice, yes. holy to our God. Yes. We should be. We should be because it matters. Um, so I want to, I want to pause there, and I want to open the floor up for you guys to. Give the opportunity to share with the Holy Spirit speaking, ministering to you. Because yeah. there's a lot in our, what was already said. So, um, and of course, if you have any questions, 
please feel free to ask him. Okay, I'll go. All right, I promise. Okay, first Laura's talking to me about how the bronze altar had an ash trap and how ash wasn't falling to the ground. And so Laura's reminded me that what whatever the Lord tells us to do that's complete all the way around, that we're not that we don't have to try to make things up to make what the Lord said work. Mm. Okay. And also, I believe ashes. I think people who touched ash have been unclean for a little bit. I'll have to look that up. But um, that was part of the usually part of the morning or suffering. Whoever carried it outside the camp, yes, yes, was unclean until the evening. And had there to you do go. whatever specific yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Good job, sir. So, what else? Oh, uh, on your first point. The results are up to the Lord, right? Yes. Uh, and I think that's what you were getting at. The results are always up to the Lord. It is us and our part to choose to be willing, right, to what he's asking us to do. Or I'll, and I'll say it in this way, to be willing to do and to carry out, to execute in full, lacking nothing, what he's asked us to do, right? We must be willing yes. to do that. We must choose to do that and not hold back. It matters. It matters to God. If we hold back, then we're inserting ourselves in his place, right? Yes. Removing ourselves from the altar, Right. Yes. yes. And um, so if we, we pause real quick there. Uh, Exodus 20. It's very interesting. All right, so he gives the Ten Commandments, right? And we, we've talked about this a little bit. In commandment number two, you have... Um, it talks about the law against idolatry. Right? Mm-hmm. So, don't make for yourself a carved image, don't, right? Or anything above it, any likeness of anything that's in heaven or underneath the earth, as in Exodus 20, verse 4. And then he says, You shall not bow down or serve them, right? For I, the Lord, I'm a jealous God. But then what he says right after that, that's in verse 5 and 6, is important. Says visiting the iniquity of fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations and of, and to those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Uh, we've talked about it quite a bit um, in this ministry. It should sound very familiar of what the Lord reveals to Moses in Exodus thirty-four when Moses asked to show him his glory. It's the Lord's description of himself, right? Yes. And that's in verses um, really 5 through 7. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Identical, yes? Yes. Put in a different order. Put the positive stuff, the stuff that we want to hear, 
in Exodus 34 at the beginning? Yes. yes. Right? But he still described himself. But then also in Exodus 20, beginning in verse 22, is where he starts talking about the law of the altar. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, it's important and imperative that we understand this. Right? We have to present ourselves as that living sacrifice. It matters for us in our lives, but it matters to God. We can't serve two gods, God and man, or God and ourself. Yes. Yes. And what's the whole point and purpose, whether it's an altar or whether it's part of refining, what is the point and purpose of it? Um, I believe to make it clean. You're, you're, there's atonement, right? There's yes. making it clean, making it pure, burning those things away that are not, right? Yes. Okay. That's how it's supposed to be for us in our lives, right? Yes. yes. It starts here. It begins here. Uh, and, and you'll notice that after or when someone went to go inside the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, right? After they, they crossed that threshold, this is the first thing, if you will, that they see. This is the very first thing they come to. Presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. Removing sin and all those things, right? Yes, it's speaking to Christ, but also it's speaking about us and our lives and how we're to live it out. Because it matters. It matters to God and it matters for us for eternity. Mm -hmm. oh. What else, sir? Yeah, then the Lord was talking to me about the, not necessarily that the um, bronze altar was tall, but that the fact that the Lord's the only one that adds height to anything. Mm -hmm. And the Lord reminded me of what I believe Paul was talking about governments and how the Lord is the one that ordains the governments. And if they're not listening to the Lord and doing what, they, what he tells them to do, then it comes crashing down. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord's just remind me that anything that humans try to do by themselves, there's always an end to it. Mm-hmm. That was it. Absolutely. But when we walk in alignment with the Lord, right? Yes. He was, and you see this throughout scripture, he was always pleased with the sacrifice when that happened, right? Yes. And it was a fragrant aroma to him. Yes? Yes. Shouldn't that be how we conduct ourselves in our lives? Which is, uh, you know, showing us or demonstrating or walking like Christ. He only sought to be pleasing to his Father, his Heavenly Father. Right? Yes. We should be operating in the same way. Right? Yes. Our lives should be pleasing to him. It should be a fragrant aroma. And we're also diffusing the fragrant aroma of the Lord throughout the earth. Yes, Dad. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to pause there for today because there's a lot. 
and what we've already said. And um, we'll resume this on the next episode, all right? So can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, promise. Lord, just thank you for today. And I also just thank you for giving us your plan and that that's the only plan that works when we can't go anywhere else to get it. Lord, I also just thank you for being the foundation, just adding the usefulness to everything, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.